Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. It's Lee Henson, president and founder of Agile Dad, and it's time for today's episode of The Daily Stand-Up. Without any further ado, let's get started. It's Monday. It's Memorial Day, and I am just in another dimension today. I'm so excited to be recording a podcast here live from my Salt Lake City office, but I'm also excited because today's a day where we remember here in the U.S. all those who fought to give us the rights that we have to give us our civil liberties to protect us and to help us have all the things that we have today. And in appreciation of that, I thought today would be a good day to kick off a series based on uh, an experience by John Boyd that he had in the U.S. Air Force. And uh, we're going to tie that into Agile and tie it all together for you. And I hope you enjoy it. So today I wanted to talk to you about a gentleman named John Boyd. Informed by his experience in the U.S. Air Force, he developed the OODA loop, O-O-D-A. He presented it in 1995 in an article or presentation called The Essence of Winning and Losing. The OODA loop itself values agility over raw power, and it's been applied in business contexts uh, as a way to gather competitive advantage. So by being able to execute OODA loop faster than a competitor, it allows a company to stay ahead of the game, undermine its competitor's ability to be able to respond quick enough. So, you know, Jeff Patton kind of made this first element of the OODA loop popular, the observe element. And, uh, you know, Jeff was, uh, Jeff, Jeff was just an amazing coach, an amazing guy. And I remember a conversation that Jeff Patton had with a group where he was, you know, describing story mapping and going through and kind of mapping everything out. And I remember it was at an Agile conference. And I also remember Jeff Sutherland was there. And Jeff Sutherland was also a fighter pilot. So it's kind of fun to tie him in as an aviator himself. You know, it's not surprising that with so many people who had either good strategic thinking backgrounds or military backgrounds that OODA became really popular and became a key influencer scrum. So if you've never heard of this before, I thought I'd probably better tell you all four of the OODA concepts. So the first one, the one we're going to cover today is observe. That's about understanding your environment, getting to figure things out. We're going to go into more detail about that one. The second is orient, uh, aligning on what's important and figuring out where you need to be. The third one is decide, which is agree on a course of action. And then the fourth one, of course, is act, do it, get the job done. And I think that too many times we get hung up in this loop and we're not doing it fast enough. In complex changing environments, enabling these four elements to occur quickly and effectively, um, that allows teams to leverage a broad range of skills and increase the likelihood of successful delivery. And it doesn't matter whether you're delivering a product or service, uh, whether it's on a war field or in a boardroom, these elements are going to help you gain successful delivery. So although there are probably a hundred different ways to do each of these steps, technically, uh, irrespective of which way you choose, the question is, are you doing something to anchor the team's focus and to visualize where we're going and what we're trying to do? This is where it enables complex interactions to emerge, uh, which otherwise may not occur. So it's gonna help you have good alignment and help you have a good opportunity to really get your head around what's really happening. So let's start with observe. So observing the environment. 
of course, I mentioned Jeff Patton earlier. He definitely has my heart. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. And his story mapping approach is obviously the best way to observe. So if you've never done this before, this is where you're actually literally laying out uh, a position based on a key persona or a targeted persona. And you're, you're copying down the steps to get from A to B to C to D. And then you're doing the interaction of the pieces below, the details below that are going to help carry you from one to the next. Um, so this technique has become the standard, in my opinion, for visualizing product backlogs. This is how you help teams understand how a customer interacts with a product, a service, or a system. So if you can identify those target personas and you can lay it out this way, your odds of being successful are going to be a whole lot greater. So the reason why story mapping, I guess, is so awesome is that it encourages storytelling as a technique to flush out any gaps that you might have in your environment or system. And it's a two-dimensional uh, two-dimensional backlog enabling better visualization of priorities and dependencies and all that good stuff. Um, it's also a great way to observe the environment and what a team will need to deliver and create value. So it's a good way for you to get your head around everything that's going on. Now, I tend to think of this more in a tactical method by you know making sure we identify key personas and, and that alone is hard to make sure that we don't have too many personas or too few personas and to understand what a persona really is and how it really impacts or what it should be doing. And I think that too often when we get into conversations about personas, uh, oftentimes we uh, end up down a rabbit hole of, you know, are we stereotyping or are we uh, being abusive with the way that we're identifying personas? And to be perfectly honest, in every organization I've ever, worked, I've ever worked with in a coaching capacity, I've seen personas as an opportunity to really hone in and identify so that we could eliminate a lot of the documentation that's necessary and so that we could identify the 20% that people will actually use. Because the truth is, if you have a product owner sitting in a silo who's creating all this and saying, this is what the consumer needs, only about 20% of what they create is something that actual consumer is going to really use. So I think it's important for us to identify and recognize that by using personas, we're going to limit documentation. It's going to help us limit work in progress. But the key here is that it's going to increase our ability to get a quick feedback loop so that we can identify that 80-20 rule and identify the 20% that people are actually using. Uh, leveraging the chaos report by the Standish group and figuring out what that 20% of the features is so that we can you know, have better acceptance criteria, cleaner backlog items, and a better understanding of how people flow through the entire product or service that we've created. So I wanted to keep Monday lightweight, but I want you to keep in mind that a lot of people fought hard for us to have all of these things that we have today. And, and more importantly, a lot of people gave everything for us to be able to have the freedoms that we have and to be able to have Agile for that matter. And I just can't express enough my appreciation to all those people in the Agile community who helped me personally and helped Agile Dad become one of the premier uh, spaces, the, the premier workshops that, uh, that exist today in the Agile community. So thank you to all of you for your support. Thank you for keeping me in your forefront of your mind. And thank you, as always, to all those who served us and to all those who gave all so that we could have all. And as always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.